Dennis Stewart, it's certainly getting a little bit cooler at the moment. We're noticing it after Easter, and that makes us think about winter ills. It does indeed, uh, Jane, and usually at this time of the year, um, I present to listeners a little three-pronged recommendation on how to build up a degree of resistance to the inevitable cool weather chills, coughs and colds. We'll talk about that during the program. Health Naturally. Thanks to our sponsor, Dennis Stewart's New Lambton Herbal Medicine Centre. We're taking your calls on 49216216. Anything that you need to feel good about and you'd like to ask Dennis about. And in fact, Violet has rung in from Maryland. And Violet, it's keloids on your mind. That's right, yes. Hello, Violet. Hello, Dennis. Uh, what treatment do you suggest for keloids? Now, where is the keloid you're talking about? On my back. How significant is it? Um, it's about uh, two inches long and about a qu- quarter of an inch wide. Now, is this as a result of a burn surgery a or a fall, is it? I, fall, I fell against a plant pot okay. and pushed all the skin up and that's why I'm left with these keloids. And how long has it been there, Violet? Only two months. Only two months. What does your um, doctor or specialist say about keloid? Don't fall. Don't fall. <laughs> <laughs> for, the, for, the, for the sake of listeners, uh, keloid tissue is tissue that forms usually around uh, a trauma site. Uh, or a surgical site uh, where scarring occurs and the tissue can be quite elevated above the normal surface of the skin. Um, look, it's not an easy one, Violet, as you would imagine, mm-hmm. but uh, if, you have, if you've got access to a computer, yes. Google up the topical application of a herb called Centella Asiatica. Wow. C-E-N-T-E-L-L-A, Centella Asiatica, A-S-I-A-T-I-C-A. Right. That is also known as hydrocotyl asiatica and and also commonly known as as gotchacola, G-O-T-U-K-O-L-A. There, if you look at it, you'll find that it does contain some uh, active principles which have been used in various cream and topical preparations for keloid scarring. Of course, a lot depends upon the extent of the scarring, its, its, uh, its chronic existence, uh, the nature of it. The good thing about it is uh, uh, the, a cream based on that herb should be fairly readily accessed. It's very, very safe. It's unlikely to irritate. Um, it's worthwhile giving it a go, put it that way. Okay. And where would you get that at a health okay. food shop? Uh, you may. Um, I'm just trying to think of if you can't get it at a health food store, uh, Visionary Health in Beaumont Street, uh, very good people and, and, and okay. colleagues of mine, they, they have a number of skilled compound pharmacists there who would be able, I'm sure, to put uh, that extract into a, into a cream or ointment base for you. Go down to Visionary Health, tell them the nature of our discussion yeah. and see what they can do for you. But first of all, confirm what I have said by going to the net getting information that satisfies you, then going down and seeing those good people. I will. Thank you very much for that. A pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, Violet. And Jason has rung in on 49216216. And uh, Jason, you're following up on something you've spoken to Dennis about before. Hello, Jason. Hi, Jason. How uh, <laughs> good, good. Um, are you doing? Good, good. Just a quick question. I talked to you two weeks ago and I went out to your clinic at... Yes. Um, Lampen yes. there, and I got um, the cream called G- GA cream. GA cream. Yeah, thank you, GA cream. Yeah, yes, I've yeah. been using it twice a day for two weeks. Yes. 
Now, the question I have is how long should I keep? It's kind of, it's still a bit red, but I, you know, I surf, so it kind of, I don't know if the, the, the sun irritates it and makes it. Okay. You know, I, I, I can't see much improvement. However, um, the question I have for you is should I keep on using it? Or, and, and is it okay to use in combination with a, um, a, a steroid? A, a sun cream. No, it's, no, it's cream. Okay. Um, the GA cream, is, as listeners have probably heard me talk about, is a cream that's based on a sophisticated extract from the herb licorice. And yes, it has yes. anti inflammatory characteristics, which are frequently used for dermatitis conditions, seborrheic dermatitis, uh, atopic right. dermatitis, and also uh, for rosacea. Um, yep. It. I can see no reason why uh, it could not be used with a protective device like a sunscreen, keeping in yep, mind yep. that the GA cream should be should be applied uh, subsequent to using that. Um, say after oh, you have okay. a, after okay, you have a sh- yeah. Well, look, I would suggest if you're using one or the other, use one or the other. The GA is is more anti-inflammatory. The sunscreen is more protective. Uh, use the sunscreen. Uh, and alternate it or get a benefit from the sunscreen cream when you're exposed in the way that you, you are as a surfer, but say once or twice a day outside of that, say when you first get up or prior to going to bed, use a little yep. bit of the GA cream then. Uh, that's the way okay. I would use it. But chemically I can see um, no reason as to why the two would interact or cause any distress. Yes, and no contraindications. Not, not that I'm aware of. Um, yeah, okay. I'd be okay. very surprised if there were, um, yeah, okay. and you'd know very quickly. Yes, yes. So, should I? So, um, as far as length of use, should I just okay. keep using it, or to the, to the well, jar runs out, or okay, or because, because it's a very mild um, and low strength condi- uh, cream used for chronic or settled skin conditions, it's yeah. unlikely uh, to be as prompt as a steroid. Yep. But yes. in the long term, it should be able to reduce some of the inflammation, and yes, also be doing that, yes. and yes. also give it a little bit of uh, protection and and also uh, repair due to the the uh, the aqueous uh, preparation containing a degree of zinc. Right. Okay. Okay. Then. Right. Yeah. Okay. That answers my question. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jason. And this is Health Naturally for our sponsor, Dennis Stewart's New Lambton Herbal Medicine Centre. Dennis Stewart, wanting you to feel good and happy to talk to you about your question if you get it through to us on four nine two one six two one six. But also happy to talk about winter ills and how to build up resistance uh, as the weather gets cooler. Mm. Jane, for for many many years on radio programs that I had participated in, at the beginning of the cool weather, I always mentioned a little three-pronged recommendation to help resist the inevitable coughs and colds of winter. The first thing is to appreciate the well-documented role of the American herb, Echinacea. Echinacea is probably the most popularly used uh, herb in the Western world, and there is so much literature on it particularly as far as its immune-supportive role is concerned, that um, to have uh, any reservations or scepticism about it, in my opinion, is now unfounded. It's significantly documented, and in Europe, and particularly in places like Germany, it is one of the forefront remedies used to enhance immunity, particularly in people whose immune systems may be becoming compromised, particularly the elderly. So it's a very useful herb to get from our health food stores or pharmacies, to begin taking now. It's not a herb to be taken indefinitely. 
uh, but it is a useful herb to take seasonally and for a period of time to obtain an objective. So I always recommend at the beginning of the cooler autumn, uh, the onset of winter, to begin to take echinacea for its capacity to reinforce our immunity. It will not necessarily stop us getting a cold or a cough, but what it does, uh, and I think the literature supports this as well as my experience, is that it lessens the frequency and, in my opinion, the severity of it. And it's a very safe herb and would not clash with any medical procedures, including vaccinations, etc., that uh, would rightly be offered to people with compromised immune systems. So from the elderly right back to people who are in positions where their their job exposes them to cold and damp, miners, etc., who regularly go down with coughs and cold and bronchitis, contemplate uh, starting off the course on echinacea. How, what form does it come in? Fortunately, it, it comes now in, 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 in multiple forms. Um, and I pride myself on being probably at the forefront of popularising this herb uh, as a result of my lecturing on it uh, from, the beginning, from the beginning, 35 years ago, up until the present. And it might interest listeners to know that one of the uh, leading um, persons associated with the uh, developing of the popularity of echinacea, was Professor Clifford Elliott, who was the Emeritus Professor of Physics at Newcastle University. And uh, he became almost a father figure to me. He had a lovely property at Peach Orchard Road, Arimba, and uh, he approached me and wanted to learn herbal medicine from me at a very late stage of his life, and we developed a very close relationship. He, his dear wife, Nairi, uh, and himself and my wife, Ruth, would frequently go out for dinner, uh, but he had a property there, and we grew Echinacea purpurea, as only New Zealanders can, and he was a New Zealander. And fortunately, I have photographs and videos of that. We actually grew Echinacea purpurea commercially on his Peach Orchard Road property, and the crop was so outstanding that the American company Newpro sent a representative out uh, wanting to purchase the whole crop and more and more and more. So he had a lot to do with it, and I've deviated a little bit there, but it should be considered to be a primary remedy to start taking now, as far as herbs are concerned, to build up the immunity. Quickly also, uh, despite the controversy uh, surrounding vitamin C, um, particularly um, doubting some of the work of, of Linus Pauling. I support the work that that uh, brilliant man did and I support the idea that optimum levels of vitamin C as a nutritional supplement can be a useful thing to do now uh, in order to improve one's resistance. I think you'd have to be an absolute, well, I won't say absolute, but you'd have to be a real sceptic not to appreciate the way in which vitamin C has now been presented in modern times as a useful non-drug approach to enhancing immunity. And thirdly, the the third member of my three-pronged assault has been to recommend people to take on board the emphasis of traditional systems of medicine, such as Ayurveda, which is the traditional system of medicine practiced in South Asia going back 2,000 years before Christ and popularly taught and certainly practiced in a registered way in countries like India and Pakistan, there's always been a role in that system to acknowledge that cold is counteracted by warming herbs. And in wintertime particularly, the inclusion, the beginning to bring into our diet 
uh, in a fairly frequent form is to begin to use herbs like ginger. Ginger in particular, which is not as savage uh, on people's gastrointestinal tract as, as chilli might be, although I love chilli, but a lot of people find it a little bit uh, challenging. But ginger shares a lot of the characteristics of, of cayenne and is very useful as far as the respiratory system is concerned. Cayenne is useful to promote circulatory activity to the peripheries, so people that get chillblains, etc., in, in wintertime can do well by using encapsulated preparations of capsicum. But ginger is a very useful, gentle, warming remedy to promote improved circulation, particularly to the respiratory system, and pro- provide a very, very useful third member of the team in developing resistance to wintertime ills and ailments. So there it goes. Echinacea, vitamin C, and ginger in any form, encapsulated, powder, or tea. Sounds great. Good for the good for the uh, salivary glands as well. I think it is. I, I love those herbs. It's uh, an interesting concept. We mentioned Ayurveda there, and in Ayurvedic medicine, one of the most popular remedies is called trichitu, and trichitu is a blend of ginger, black pepper, and long pepper, and used particularly to address cold conditions regardless of where that coldness comes from and when I was lecturing on Ayurveda a number of years ago uh, I always emphasized the importance in traditional medicine of maintaining a vigorous circulation and a healthy warm body. I've always said that a cold body is prone to cold conditions and I've tried to get that over to my grandsons who refuse to wear singlets and to a lot of young people that prefer to walk barefooted or otherwise. This is Health Naturally and Dennis Stewart is taking your calls on 49216216. Margaret, you've got a problem with uh, autoimmune. Yes, I do. Hello, Dennis. Hello, Margaret. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Good, Um, good. I, I just wanted to ask, I heard you talking earlier about echinacea and immune system. Yes, yes. My, my problem is one of autoimmune yes. uh, problems. Yes. I've got a couple of those, um, including Sjogren's and yes. thyroid yes. issues. Yes. And I wonder whether those sorts of um, immune um, assisters, such as echinacea, can also be used to help the immune system. No, look, I, th- th- yeah. I think okay. I think not. In the uh, in the European literature, um, there are comments, not actually warnings, but recommendations, uh, not to use particularly the herb echinacea in in autoimmune conditions. So I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend it. I could not see how echinacea, which is more of a an immunostimulant type remedy, uh, impact on a condition where the immune system itself is attacking its own uh, its own or body tissues. It's the very opposite of what I would think echinacea would be useful for. There is a little bit of support. Uh, for uh, looking at the role of the Chinese herb Astragalus membranaceus. So if you Google up Astragalus, which is is the leader of a formula known as Astragalus 8, which I have recommended for for very many years for very many different conditions, there is uh, some evidence to suggest that it does have a modulating role on on okay. immune on immune system dysfunction, um, I'm thinking that I may have a paper um, written by one of my uh, first graduates 
on this topic of astragalus and its relationship to autoimmune conditions. Um, if you um, uh, ring my uh, practice number, and I'll give you the number, 49562321, 49562321, my receptionist will send out to you a paper written by a, a brilliant um, natural therapist and graduate, uh, Paul Keogh, uh, and he wrote a good paper on astragalus 8, the astragalus 8 formula. And I think in that paper, I stand correction, but I think in that paper, uh, presentation is put forward that astragalus may have some modulating effect, not just stimulating or suppressing. Mm, excellent. So, and astragalus 8, is that available at most health Oh, stops? yes. Look, astragalus 8 is uh, probably one of the most popular uh, formulations. I, I brought it into the country about... 25 years ago and gave the first lectures on it and developed the first product on it. But my, my good colleagues, um, uh, one of whom is, is Paul Keogh, have now taken that product uh, and taken a, a lot further than I could have ever done. And it's now popularly available. It's always available, of course, from our rooms at 39 Alma Road, New Lapton. Lovely. All right. Fantastic. I might give that a go. Have a look at it first and, and, and read the literature. Uh, autoimmune conditions are not easy conditions to manage, and even some of the mainstream approaches, useful as they may be, uh, sometimes have have complications and problems, as you'd probably imagine. But it is fair to say that some autoimmune conditions, say conditions like rheumatoid arthritis, uh, conditions such as psoriasis, they can be helped sometimes quite significantly by complementary medicine. So whilst there may not be uh, a single uh, immunosuppressant remedy that competes with mainstream immunosuppressants for this condition, many herbs and natural supplements are useful for addressing particularly the symptom level of some specific autoimmune conditions, two of which I've mentioned. Well, thanks very much for your call, Margaret. And, uh, of course, your call, your question is also welcome, 49216216. Getting back to winter ills, mm. Dennis, uh, a lot of people talk about horseradish mm. and garlic as being yep. good against colds. In fact, that, that combination is probably one of the most popular combinations uh, that's available and has been for some time. And it's quite interesting that that preparation has a significant amount of validity to it. Um, a lot of people have seen horse, radish and garlic more for conditions like a hay fever or rhinitis. In fact, it's not really useful, in my opinion, for that at all. If we look at the herb, the, uh, herb uh, horseradish, and it is a herb, we'll find that it has what are called mustard oil glycosides, which are chemical constituents, which in a sense are very mild... Uh, but useful broad-spectrum antibiotic substances and have been traditionally used to address low-grade infections of the sinuses or the upper respiratory tract. Now, you put that together with garlic, where we know that garlic has a very significant essential oil component, which also has both immunostimulant and mild antibiotic characteristics. You have a gentle preparation, usually blended with vitamin C, that is useful for people who in wintertime particularly uh, will gravitate from a cold to a sinus condition or a serious upper respiratory tract infection. Using horseradish and garlic uh, with or without echinacea, in my opinion, is a very sensible thing to do. Many people are already taking it, but not always knowledgeably. It's more uh, beneficial to see its role and the, 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 the herbs and supplements in it 
as being useful agents to resist and in fact fight bacterial presence. It's also useful, that combination, particularly horseradish, um, in addressing urinary tract infections. The same um, herb, um, Tripolium magus, is another uh, remedy that um, shares the same characteristics, very spicy, a challenging herb. The mustard oil glycosides are well known in phytochemistry and pharmacology and have a benefit in that preparation, particularly for the upper respiratory tract. Does that go over also apply to uh, mustard itself? Well, mustard, mustard of course, um, has, has long been used as an agent to, uh, to, uh, uh, to fight, to warm and to, and to stimulate uh, particularly blood flow. So uh, mustard is just a, an abbreviation, if you like, um, for a pungent substance that comes in various forms. But mustard oil glycosides have that warming, spicy effect that uh, mustard has, but it has uh, physiological ramifications when it's taken internally. Health Naturally for our sponsor, Dennis Stewart's New Lambton Herbal Medicine Centre, answering your questions on 49216216. Gloria's rung in from Spears Point. It's Grover's disease. You've got a question about Gloria. Hello, Gloria. Hello, Dan. So I was just wondering if you could help me with it. My husband has Grover's disease. Yes. Um, the itch is yes. really, really yes. dreadful. It's, out, it's outrageous, isn't it? It's outrageous. It's very outrageous. Is there anything you can recommend or is something okay. that can be done? Is your husband, is he using oral steroids to lessen the, the pruritus or the itch? Mm, Pred- no, prednisone? he's only, he's only on, yeah, on the tridicate. Yes. Okay. Mm. And um, uh, antihistamines have no benefit on him for for it. Very, very little. Yes, I would think mm. so. Look, it's it's <laughs> a tough one. All that I would suggest um, here is that um, sometimes there is um, a preparation that can be made up, and and it, I think it's called Pusey's Calamine Lotion. Now, don't don't uh, um, confuse it just with ordinary calamine lotion. Pusey's calamine lotion has a small, a very, very small percentage of phenol in it, which is a very significant antipruritic agent. Now, it would have to be um, made up uh, by a compound pharmacy because I doubt whether it would be readily available. It's an older-fashioned preparation. I have um, made it up occasionally through my uh, pharmacist in Sydney for uh, a number of patients. It uh, does give a degree of relief. Uh, You'd have to talk uh, to a pharmacist to see if they can make it for you. It's made on an ordinary calamine lotion base, but it has this very well-known, what we call antipruritic agent, which is a small, very, very small percentage of phenol in with it, which is used for rich conditions. I'm pretty convinced it's known as uh, Pusey's uh, calamine liniment or calamine lotion. Talk to your pharmacy about it. Um, the other thing is that sometimes you can get great relief just by using a topical application that incorporates menthol. Uh, menthol, phenol, pine tar, these are topical preparations, uh, perhaps not as well known in mainstream medicine today as they were, um, but you can get a, a preparation that incorporates phenol and pine tar. I think it's called uh, Hamilton's uh, menthol and pine tar lotion. Now, I've used that uh, myself occasionally on eczema, and I have recommended it to many patients that have struggled 
with its conditions. It's worthwhile again discussing with your pharmacist a preparation. I think it's called Hamilton's. In fact, I'm pretty sure it is a good Australian company. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's called menthol and pine tar lotion. Try that approach, either of those preparations. You'd need to speak to your pharmacist, ideally a compound pharmacist, who would be able to help you, I'm sure. Thanks for your call, Gloria, and good luck with that. And Kevin's rung in from Rankin Park. We were talking about echinacea before. And uh, your question, Kevin? Uh, Yes, uh, thank you, Jane. Um, I just wanted to ask Dennis... um, uh, my mother talks very highly about echinacea, but yes. uh, I've never taken it previously, but yes. I have taken astragalus okay. uh, over the last couple of years yes. as an immune booster yes. Yes. With, um, with winter coming on. And yes. I was just wondering what your opinion is in relation to echinacea versus okay. uh, astragalus or vice versa and whether it would be uh, better to take one or the other or both. Okay. The way I'd approach that is to say that a modern interpretation of these two herbs would be this. Echinacea is better known as an immunostimulant agent and as a result, all stimulus-type effects can wear off. So the modern attitude towards echinacea is that it is used for short, specific, objective uh, periods of time as, say, a couple of months or to be used episodically if an infection or virus asserts itself. Uh, whereas astragalus 8 is seen me- more as a deep-seated remedy, more as a tonic type of remedy, and a, an immunosupportive agent, more like a tonic preparation that has less stimulant activity but more ongoing uh, immune system building effect. See, stimulus as opposed to tonic effect. So what you've been doing is, is good, and, and um, astragalus 8, is, in my opinion, is, is a superb and superior way of maintaining, as best we can with herbs, the health of the immune system, supporting it non-specifically. But there's no reason why one couldn't use echinacea for short periods of time to achieve an objective in resisting at the onset of a cold or a flu, or taking it even in conjunction with astragalus 8 for a short period of time just to give the immune system that little bit of a boost, but staying on echinacea long term uh, may not be give you the best result from echinacea, put it that way. Okay, fair enough. That answers my question, I think. That, that's how I see it. In the old days, to be fair, in the old days, and some people still hold this opinion, in the old days echinacea would be seen as something uh, to, to use ongoingly. And I must admit there is debate in our profession as to which viewpoint is, is the best. All I can say is that the, uh, the, the reading on echinacea suggests that it is more of a stimulus to be used particularly for short periods of time, whereas astragalus 8 can be taken ongoingly as a building-up tonic type of preparation. Thanks, Dennis. Thank you, Thanks Kevin. Thanks for your call, Kevin. And um, just a slight break while I mention what the weather is you doing. You better do that, Jane. <laughs> Thanks to our sponsor, the Hunter Motor Group, for new Honda, Subaru, VW commercials and Isuzu Ute. It's simple, mostly sunny, and tops of 25 along the coast, 31 up the valley. At the moment, we have 25 degrees at Warners Bay. Well, Dennis, uh, we still have time for a call or two more. If uh, if you'd like to get your question through, 49216216. But in the meantime, um, you sometimes talk about a simple onion syrup oh, yes. for coughs. Oh, yes. 
I can talk a lot about that. In fact, uh, my wife, if she's listening, would relate to it very well because the preparation I'm going to talk about was a preparation that we basically used in our household in raising our four children, particularly when they had those irritable byproducts of a cold, that is, a cough that went all night, uh, keeping us awake, etc. Years ago, I read in, in an American text about the preparation of what's called onion syrup. A lot of people don't realise that in the old days, particularly in the American frontier world, these domestic remedies had to be used and made a reputation, and they were so useful that many of them still linger. Well, we proved the benefit of onion syrup, and it's a simple thing to do. I recommend it to parents and others who are plagued with with cough conditions that will accompany, say, a, a viral infection, a flu or a cold. It's a simple preparation. It's not that nasty to take. One takes... Uh, an ordinary onion, the hotter the better, and uh, one slices it. And uh, one would take, say, the whole onion, depending on how big it is, or half the onion, and put it in a bowl. And over those slices of onion, one would sprinkle uh, sugar, brown sugar, or some even prefer honey. We, we, In the original days, we always made it straight out just with ordinary white sugar. And you sprinkle the white sugar on the uh, the slices of onion and you leave it stand for a number of hours, probably half a day. At the end of that, you'll come back and you'll find that you'll have a liquid, a syrup that's formed. You strain off that syrup and you can administer that in teaspoonful doses. And people might think, oh, it would be too pungent uh, or it'd be nasty to take. It's not nasty to take at all. It has a distinctive onion flavour, but that's been attenuated by the sugar. And in as much that one is taking it only for a short period of time, any problems about sugar is, it comes to naught. Um, our kids were raised on that. And the other thing my wife used to do also, if it was a very large onion, she'd use half and then place the other half of the onion on a saucer or a plate in the sick room and that had an antiseptic effect, uh, which did work. You could see in the morning the way in which the onion had changed and shriveled up. Now, it might be only our imagination, but we believe to this day that we prove the benefit of onion syrup and also the disinfectant effects of the the onion uh, in the sick room, um, vaporising, if you like, naturally, and working against <laughs> further infection. That's fantastic, mm, Dennis. Mm. Uh, Probably our last call now, I think. Darren has rung in from Blacksmiths. So, Darren, you've got some problems with joint pain, have you? Yeah, that's right. How are you, Dennis? Hello, Darren. How are you? Good, thanks, mate. Yeah, I just uh, I listen to your show, mate, and I, I've been trying the um, glucose of mine and yes. the krill oils and yes, whatnot. Yes. I just suffer from knee pains and ankle yes. joint pains and yes. back pains, you name it. Yes. The glucose of plex, is it, you, do you make the... The good closet flex you make. Yes, and what and what's more, uh, you're going to get a container of it free of charge as a present from the from the program. Um, and uh, my glucosaplex is not just glucosamine. I, I don't use this program to promote my products, as you probably know, but I mention them, in, in, as I mentioned, many products. Glucosaplex uh, I formulated for my own clinical purposes, and it's been in existence now for probably 20 years. It comes both in a powder and a tablet form. It's a slow achiever, but there are people in this town that would vouch for the effect that nothing has given them the relief for chronic knee and hip and other joint pain than the glucosaplex. Uh, I will send you a container of it free of charge 
down the track, you can get back to us and let us know how you've gone. If you you find it helps, you can always get it from my rooms at 39 Alma Road, New Lambton, or any any of the Vitology health food stores, um, particularly at Warners Bay or Katara. If you hang on, the producer of the program will get your name and address, and I'll make sure that the product gets away to you either today or on Monday, and uh, I'm sure you'll get some benefit from my glucosaplex. Thanks for your call, Darren, and that's we've still got a minute or so to go, in which case I'd like to ask you, Dennis, you're talking, talking earlier about horseradish yes. and garlic. Yes. If we take them as foods, mm-hmm. like um, horseradish yes. goes so well with things like yes. roast beef yes. or yes. other yes. things, yes. and garlic goes with sandwich. Well, you always we get, get a benefit from that. You always get a benefit, and wherever possible, I try to encourage people to acknowledge the fact that food is your best medicine, and this is these days epitomised in the traditional system of medicine known as Ayurveda, where medicines are basically seen uh, as, as foods. But having said that, it's fair to say that whilst these things are useful in our diet, uh, we don't always get the continuity of benefit if we're not using those things regularly. So if one is prone to, say, a, a recurrent chronic sinus condition, the taking of garlic in the diet and horseradish occasionally is useful but unlikely to do the job that a sophisticated modern pharmaceutical form of horseradish and garlic would do, usually accompanied by vitamin C, in addressing the chronicity of the condition. Certainly use these things in food form, but where you have a condition, some of these herbs are best taken, in my opinion, in a more sophisticated pharmaceutical form. Thank you very much indeed, and uh, we are... Just coming to the end of Health Naturally, back next Friday after the midday news on 2NURFM.